Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that being dilly. Don't go around willy-nilly. Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me via the Zoom studio after weeks of technical difficulties and after trying and trying and rescheduling and trying more, I am so honored to have Miss Levia Hartman in the chat. Levia, how are you today? Hi, yes. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so good. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, because obviously nobody really knows how the show happens behind the scenes, we have been trying to make this interview happen for, I, I want to say, like three weeks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it was a combination. I know I had some work-related scheduling problems. We, we attempted to record like two weeks ago. And technology just didn't agree with us. We had no no luck in terms of getting Zoom to work and then getting recording. So we we had to keep rescheduling and we had to keep trying. But I'm so excited to finally sit down with you. So thank you so much for being flexible and uh, jumping on today. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. So Levy, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? So hi. So my name is Levia Hartman. Levia. I'm the author of Crown Up. And I live in Colorado. It's so rather it's cold. As you can see, I'm wearing my jacket. But yeah, I'm a public speaker as well. And uh, I'm originally from Liberia, which is West Africa. So if you notice, I have a deep accent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's basically my story. <laughs> so you grew up, though, with a little bit of a difficult childhood, like very challenging. And just can you tell our listeners a little bit about your childhood? Yeah, my childhood, you know, is has not always been like, you know, rainbow and sunshine. I thought, you know, like coming to America, you know, would make things brighter. But unfortunately, you know, like I ended up in a fast train home. So for several years. Mm-hmm. And so basically I just live in America by myself. Like, most of my family, they are back home. So I came to America because, you know, there was like a civil war in my country and I was trying to escape to come to America to, you know, for the American dreams, quote yeah. unquote. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So America, it's very nice on paper and it's very like land of opportunities and land of dreams, but it is exceptionally challenging to actually oh, make yeah. those things happen. And what was the biggest challenge of your transition from your country to ours? Oh, the biggest challenge, I would say the financial because <laughs> you know i thought you know that like, everything would be free in america but no nothing is free <laughs> nothing there is yeah, nothing free it. oh god no. like, and it's even crazier now like nowadays everything's so expensive and just it's it's wild uh when i was young my parents when i was young my dad could work and my mom could stay home and that was just that was normal that was the way that it was yeah. one person worked now like I have a full-time job. My wife has a full-time job. We're we're constantly passing each other. We don't see each other nearly as much, but Aww. it's it's just really strange and very different how they say that this is the land of the free, but 
there, there's there's nothing the people are free but unfortunately nothing else is yeah so for you though like you obviously you went into the foster care system and america is known for many things but good foster care is not one of our strongest suits so can you tell me a little bit about growing up in the foster care system sure one of the biggest issues i had was the cultural shock you know because my first home was a white home so trying to adapt from you know african-american to a white home that was like what is it being trained to the you know like a jungle and so i think that was because of that you know it was happening to adapt i went to the several different homes it was a combination of you know the listening to you know their culture the music you know the food and so that will make it very make it difficult you know missing my families yeah oh that, that's gotta be rough what was uh the thing that you missed the most like from your culture oh it definitely food we <laughs> had a lot of you know rich <laughs> everything is fresh the rich food everything is fresh and so i really miss that you know, it's funny because the food in America is very processed. It's very make as much as you can and healthy. Not really like my wife has a gluten sensitivity, so she has trouble with gluten. We went mm. to Italy last year and she was able to eat everything there and have no problems Ooh. whatsoever. So like wow. it's it's crazy how in in America, the food is so heavily processed and changed that people can't handle it anymore. It's just not as good. Right. And then yeah. obviously you have a very rich culture of music and entertainment and things like that. Did, was it hard going to a country where the entertainment in itself is totally different? Oh, yes, it is. Like, I'll be, for me, I love to dance. So every time I listen to music and dance, you know, they'll look at, they'll look at me and be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you dancing so weird? I'm so energetic, you know? <laughs> Like when I go to church, mm -hmm. like I'm the only one that's dancing, you know, and everybody just, you know, like clapping. I'm like, hi, yeah. I've, I've never been to a church though. Like when I was young, I went to church very often. And then as I got older, it just kind of became one of those things that I, I privately practice. But uh, I've never been to a church where they do like all the big clapping. And like we, the church that I went to was, it was a Lutheran church. That's how I was raised. It's very similar. It's, it's Christianity, but it's very similar to the Catholic faith in a lot of regards. So it was a lot of just standing there properly singing, and that was it. Like nobody moved around, nobody danced, nobody yeah. got excited. I it's, it's something that I I do miss, like having that kind of community, though. So for you, when you came in, how did that impact your education? Because obviously, you wrote a book like that. You, you got to be, you got to have something going on to write a book. Like I know I could not sit down and write a book, even though I really want to at some point. But how is your education impacted from going from one country to another and then being in the foster care system? Yeah, so great question. My education, I think for me, it was easier because I came you know, very young. Mm -hmm. And it was easier for me to adapt to, you know, learning the English. Like I started, I think, maybe like elementary school, if I remember. And so the education part was very easy for me to adapt versus, you know, my mom, she was an adult. So, you know, it's kind of hard for her to, you know, learn mm -hmm. English. And uh, compare the education to Africa, I think Af America is a lot more easy, I guess, versus Africa is more strict. You know, like if you don't do your homework and stuff, you know, they would like 
excuse my language, they will whip you apart. Like, they'll be like, <laughs> So, you know, yeah. America, I see, you know, so it's funny you say that when I was in school, I was not the best student. So if, if a teacher called home because I wasn't doing work, Oh, the whooping I would get from my mother, like it, it was, it was coming and it was ready. Like my, my parents were very strict with schoolwork. And if I didn't do it, I was punished uh, in, in yeah. any regards, whether it was like no television, no, this. like it was, there was a punishment involved. Nowadays, right. if a if a parent gets a phone call from a teacher, the parent gets mad at the teacher, saying that their kid is perfect and like exactly. you just don't, you just don't know how to teach my child. It's very strange how American education has gotten very interesting in terms of like the teachers are responsible for all these children, but then like the parents get mad at the, it's it's very strange. I'm not a big fan. Right. I understand. <laughs> now you, you mentioned your mother. How did your relationship with your mother evolve as you guys came to America? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, it was a combination of a culture shock, you know, as an adult, like when we come to America, everything's so different. Just like, why am I here? Like, I don't like this. This is different. And uh, for me, again, it was easier for me to adapt because I was going to school. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, interacting with other people and I was kind of losing my culture, you know, my language. And so that kind of separated us apart. And like, it was like me against her. It's like, we are totally different strangers. She was doing things that, you know, that she was not supposed to, you know, that, that American culture. And so she didn't follow the rule, you know, that she will like abuse me like emotionally. And so that's why, you know, I was put in the foster home. Mm -hmm. separate from her right so yeah. it, it's interesting because obviously children learn very differently their children are always learning and they're right. always like they're sponges they just absorb information like my cousin their his side of the family he married a, a greek girl and their kids speak greek and it's like just normal it's just totally common and they just learned it by listening they didn't learn it from like sitting down and reading books, they learned it just from hearing their mother talk Greek. And it's just wild how kids can learn like that. Right. So for you though, like obviously it led to you writing a book about your experience. But before we get that, can you tell me a little bit about some of your memories of the, the actual civil war before we get into your book? Okay. So for me, the civil war happened when I was like very young. So I didn't really you know, experience the actual war. But it was my mom, you know, obviously she was there when it happened. And so when she escaped, she took me, mm -hmm. you know, to like a different country where she, we were refugees. We, we were in a camp. So as far as the war go, like I haven't like actually experienced seen it. But it was my mom, you know, that I was infinite, you know, as a baby. And so when she escaped, like I grew, grew up in a refugee camp. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my mom that I had. I gotcha. So this whole experience inspired you to write a book about everything that happened to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Sure. So my book is again is based on, on my experience as a my childhood trauma, and also basically my journey coming from Africa to America, and it basically focuses on the the American part, you know, living in America in my life. And so this book, I is based on my journal it started as my personal journal and i turned into a book so it's you know it's not very nothing too deep mm -hmm. i want something you know fun but also kind of easy to read for my 
audiences. Yeah, I'm I'm that audience. I like easy to read. I <laughs> I'm a very simple guy, and when I read, like, don't get me wrong, I love a good book, and my wife loves books. She, she's such a book uh, book nerd, but for me, like, if it's not if it's not simple and catching me, I'm just not interested. There are plenty. Of, my wife can't put down a book. If she picks up a book, she's going to read it. Either she's going to read it or she's going to listen to it. If I don't get caught in a book in the first couple of pages, I'm not reading it. I'm just putting it away and suddenly it's going to collect dust. Right. I understand. <laughs> so you mentioned some of your childhood trauma. Do you, was this a way for you to kind of come to peace with the way that your childhood was and kind of move on? Yes, definitely. When I wrote this book, for me, it was my personal journal. And uh, I realized that when I share my story to other people, they feel very inspired. And so when I share the story, that I find a peace and healing within not only myself, but I can also, you know, inspire and encourage others that may have, you know, the same experience, you know, with finding their self-identity, you know, know who they are. And so, yeah. And in the book, you do, you talk about how your mother, Alice, became mentally unstable. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. It took me like two decades for me to find out because I think I was in my early 20s when we, you know, we met again mm -hmm. and I realized, oh my gosh, she's not well because, you know, I was okay. I didn't know what's going on. Like one time I had to take her to an you know, emergency room mm -hmm. for her to, you know, like, get the help that she needed but of course you know she refused to help you know you can't force people for the treatment right it was like her mentally she wasn't thinking straight you know like she was she's already you know paranoid like somebody's out to get her the people's against her and i realized you know like this is not healthy yeah and especially in america mental health has always been a very strange kind of process it's gotten better in more recent years, especially especially in regards to to survivors and trauma victims and even men too. Like that's a very there's a very big push for men to get mental health nowadays. But obviously America is it's not our strongest suit. We when it comes time to like take care of somebody's uh mental capacity, there was always a very strange taboo about it. Like if you went right. to go get mental health, then you were just crazy. There was something wrong with you. And it's it, I'm glad that it's different now. How how is you know, how did that resolve itself for Alice? Unfortunately, she went back home. Oh, you know, she's, she's in Africa because it just, I realized, you know, like, she just, she would not survive here. Mm -hmm. You know, that America is not for her. And uh, I'm not, like, licensed, that medical licensed to take a you know, mentally ill person like her. And I think it would be, be better for her to be, you know, be her own surrounding, you know, the things that she familiar with, the things that she knows. Yeah. I mean, obviously wherever she's comfortable, they would probably be the best for her, for her mental capacity. Was it yeah. was it very difficult meeting her though after so many years? Oh yes, it was. It's just so funny because I met her, you know, it was like at a bus stop. Really? I, I talked about in my book. Yeah, in my book. Like it was at a bus stop you know, after many years of not seeing her. And I was like, wow. She's, she's still alive. <laughs> and so when I met her, you know, she didn't change. It was the same old thing, you know, blaming me, you know, blaming the, you know, America, things, why things happen because it happens to her. And again, I tried to get her, the help that she needed, you know, take her to the facility. 
uh, no rehab facility to get a mental treatment, but it just it was just a lot of stress. Yeah, it's again mental health in America. It, it's very strange, uh, especially dealing with kids too. Like I, I am, I'm in a job where I deal with kids and I deal with a lot of mental health issues, and like it's you need cooperation from every single person. And especially for adults, like if, if an adult gets voluntarily brought to a facility, they can just leave. Like, yeah. all right, this isn't for me. This isn't working. Or you get people that go onto medication and then they feel better. And they're like, well, I'm done with the medication. I don't need it anymore. And then they suddenly go really far back the other way. But, yeah. you know, I'm glad that you did get to meet with your mom at least, you know, and and have some experiences with her in adulthood. Now for you though, like, Obviously, you've been through a lot of adversity, and you've you've shown really good, incredible resilience. Who or what were your pillars of strength when things got tough? Like, where did you find that strength? So, I think for me, it was my faith. Like, you know, as I mentioned before, going to church and be around people that had the same belief as me, it really helps. And number two, I also realized that self-love is very important because yeah. you know always when you rely on other people to like no, love you to nurture you you always gonna feel disappointed and hurt and i realized you know, like i can't put that responsibility you know on my mom you know she yes yeah, she loves me but just in a different ways you know so i had to find love within myself accept who i am and just move on and how, how like for for people to find self-love and really accept themselves like it's it's not easy i i grew up i suffered with a lot of self-esteem issues and i was constantly like i i still constantly say that my wife married down when she married me because she's like oh, the most gorgeous woman in the world and oh. you know, she's hanging out with this the weird guy who does podcasts in his little podcast <laughs> studio but for you like how what was that process like trying to just find acceptance with yourself yeah, I finally accepted with myself. It was again when I wrote my the journal. Well, excuse me, when I look back at my journal, and I was like, "Whoa, girl, what happened to you? You've been through a lot." And so, like, I think looking at my journal and then looking at my life right now, I'm like, "Yeah, you got this, girl. You, you know, you're a survivor." And I was able to just find peace within myself. And obviously, I found a love. You know, my husband. He also played a big part of my life too. So when he loves me, I know that, you know, that's all I need. <laughs> See, I like, um, I like that. That's really nice. And uh, same thing, like my wife, she helped me find a lot of self-acceptance and helped me reevaluate things like past traumas that I didn't even know existed and and push me to, to be better. And I think having the right support system in our lives is probably the biggest thing you can ever do for mental health. Yes. So obviously you have a book and I'm very curious. Can you explain what the title exactly means? It's crown up my story, my way. Why crown up? So crown up that came actually through a dream. Like I literally woke up my dream. I said, crown up because the title, I want it to be simple, easy to the point. Again, it's about self-identity. I want it's based on for women and, you know, in the oldest 20 women. And above, people that are struggling to find their self-identity. So the crown up is like religious, kind of religious title. Because, you know, when Jesus, you know, wear the crown. Well, he didn't wear the crown, but, you know, the... The, the crown of thorns, yeah. Yeah, people still know who he is, without, mm -hmm. even without a crown. So he can wear the crown, you know, 
mentally, physically, it's just how you present yourself to the world. See, I like that. You know, having that mentality, that strong mentality of being like a king or a queen, just in the right ways, obviously. Like, I'm not going to go strutting down the street saying I'm the king of all of you. It's just how you present yourself, which I really like. So obviously, it started off as a journal, and you wanted to adapt it into an actual book. What was that process like? Did you have to go to a publisher, or how did you get uh, the book going? Yeah, this is self-published. Because I didn't want to go to the, you know, a big publisher with traditional way. Right. So basically, I reached out to the publisher, and they they were interested in the story, and they published it. And I just, you know, I paid a fee to pay to publish it as a self-publisher. But yeah. Is it word for word, or did you have to like go back and rewrite any of it, or did you have somebody else help you write it, or is it literally just your journal as a book? Well, yeah, somebody had to, you know, edit the book and put into like a book format. I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, that I sell my journal, obviously it had to be more professional <laughs> and to make it more readable. Yeah. Because obviously books are, a lot of people think you just like sit down, write a book and then you just print it and it's done. It's, no. it's, it's a big process. Yeah. And yep. obviously then it, then it comes time to how you distribute the book. How do you distribute your book? Yeah, this book is on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and also my website at info uh, com is the website. You can, you can find me there on social media, like Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> yep, and everywhere. That's how, that's how you and I connected with, through Facebook. And it's just, yeah. it's crazy nowadays how it's easy to like connect with, with guests, especially, and now Zoom, even though we had trouble with Zoom. <laughs> It's still probably yeah. one of the the best ways to like talk to people. Now, for you though, looking back, like you obviously you've got a lot going on and you're at a great place now, it seems. But looking back, how do you perceive your journey? Like when when you think of all that you've been through, how do you think about it now? About my journey, oh my gosh. For me, I would say it's like learning experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's learning experience and continue to grow. Yes, I'm a, right now everything is good, but it's not, you know, I, I'm still learning to sell myself, I'm still, you know, learning to grow. And I see myself someday to help other people. That's a message, you know, it's not all about me. I want to help other people, young women like me, to for self-acceptance, self-esteem, and also you know, help them to you know, grow their faith, you know, whatever the beliefs may be, just accept who you are. See, it's funny because my next question was actually going to be, what message do you hope readers take away from your story? Oh. <laughs> and you you answered it. Like, I always think that that's the testament to a really good interview is that like they, the questions just organically happen because I don't, I don't script my interviews. Like it's, I, I used to, tr- when I first started doing interviews a few years ago, I, I tried and I would sit there like a robot. All right. And you wrote this book what day? And it was just, it just didn't work. So (laughs) I'm really glad that you actually, you got to the next question that I had. Is your book tailored towards specifically women and trauma survivors, or do you think everybody can get something out of it? Yeah, everybody can get something out of it, even male, but again, mostly it's toward women because Mm -hmm. a lot of women, you know, when they spend a lot of trauma, I didn't know how to take care of themselves. They forget. They take other people and sometimes we forget about ourselves and that's again, the title is a crown up because I want every woman to feel, you know, identify within something bigger than themselves, you that's know? Awesome. Yeah. 
And I think I think that that's an important message, especially nowadays, where you know everyone feels a little bit smaller and feels a little bit like they don't matter in some regards. And I think having anything that says, "Hey, you do matter, and you can do great things," I think that it's just important. And I'm really glad that you're able to share that with people. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, obviously, though, we're we're at a point where you have this book out and you're you're doing all this great work. What's like what's next? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, what's next is I'm I want to continue to express a message or spread my message <laughs> and do more public speaking. So I'm I want to do you know host an event where I can have women together, you know, we can share testimony, our story, and kind of encourage each other. And that's why I have my website so everybody can contact me, message me, you know. I can be like their body and be like, hey, I need somebody to talk to. I'm here for you, girl, you know. <laughs> I like that. Now, for somebody who struggles, surprisingly, I struggle with public speaking, despite the fact that I have a podcast and I talk to people all the time. If you put me in front of a crowd, I'm going to stumble through my words a little bit. Like, I can get by, but public speaking is not my forte. How did you, like, how did that start for you? Well, Sometimes you just have to get out of your comfort zone, you know, do what you can. Don't let your circumstances, you know, that kind of hold you back. Mm. Yes, I know that my English is still broken. I'm obviously, as you can see, but you know what? It doesn't matter because if it's from the heart, then your message is going to get out. People are going to hear you. So have you like been on stage to speak to people or do you do it privately? Like how does your process work? Yeah, I did several public speaking at two. And one of the big, I think I just did last one, like a couple of weeks ago. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to do more public speaking and to connect with more people. See, I, I'm I'm like in awe and you're just standing here on a stage. Like like I'm sitting here going, why am I getting anxious? I'm not going on stage. But like to, to speak to a large group, like it's just such a really cool thing. And like, again, it was super impressive and you know, obviously I have no, I completely understand everything you're saying. Just so you know, I know you mentioned your English being broken. I was like, I, I understand everything, but I think it's also because like you said, when it comes from the right place and it has the right energy, people just connect to it. And like words are just words are words, but you know, intention is really what people gravitate towards. Right. Yes, sir. Yep. So we're getting towards the end of our interview. And at the end of our interviews, we always like to play a little game. If you're interested and it is rapid fire questions where I take a couple of questions and it's literally just, I ask and off the top of your head, you just think of an answer. And I try and I try and uh, tailor it to whoever I'm speaking to, if you're interested in playing. Definitely. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So the first one, what's one word that defines your journey? Ooh, one word. Survivor. I like it. I had a feeling it was going to be something along those lines. So I'm, I'm really glad. What's a memory from your country that you cherish? Oh, memory. I'm going to say getting on the uh, a bus. The first time I got on the bus. Because, you know, we don't have transportation. Right. So when I got on the bus to go to the camp, as I mentioned earlier, I think that's one of the biggest memories I had my, from my culture. That's awesome. My country, <laughs> I like it. What is a book or movie that resonates with you? Oh, I'm going to say Precious. Have you seen oh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. that I haven't thought about that movie in forever. That's a great movie. Yeah. 
I because really... it has a lot of, you know, like, topics that people can relate to. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I could cry just watching it. <laughs> it's, it's a tough movie to watch. Like, it's it's real. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that. now we have to sit down and watch that movie. I haven't thought about that movie in so long. It, it's really good. I do like that movie. All right. What is your go-to motivational quote? What's a quote that just resonates with you? You are not your circumstances by Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah, I like that. Well, yeah. I got chills on that one. All right. Last <laughs> one. If you could go back and say something to your younger self, what would you say? I would say, mm, be ready for the journey. Be ready for the journey because it, it's not going to be a smooth ride. <laughs> See, it's funny because like when I ask questions like that, like telling your younger self or giving your younger self advice, usually it's do this differently for you. I like how you didn't want to change anything in your journey. You just wanted to remind your, your younger self just to be strong. Yep. It sounds like you're, you're very proud of where you came from and, and I can feel that when you speak about it. Thank you. Yes. So obviously, I know you mentioned some of the places that people can find uh, your material. If you want to just mention it again in case uh, people need to hear it one more time. Okay, sure. So I have a website, info, liveyourheartman.com. That's liveyourheartman.com. And also Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. You can also find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram. And all the good social medias, all the fun ones. Yes. What, what is your Instagram in case anybody wants to follow? Uh, just Livia Hartman. <laughs> simple and easy just the way that i like it but yeah. live uh, this was fantastic i like i had a really good time talking to you we're gonna also my wife and i are gonna check out your book so keep an eye out for an order from us because we a we love books my my wife runs a book page if you guys have been listening to us for long enough you know what it is it's bibliophiles assemble and we love having new books especially the people that we talk to because i used to try and get the book beforehand but i would never read the book beforehand because i just like <laughs> And for me, it's okay. a lot. For me, it's just easier. Like after I talk to someone, especially somebody that I like, I connect with and resonate, and we talk, it's so much more fun to read their book afterwards and be like, "This is what they were talking about." Like, and it makes me want want more too. So, yeah, th this was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you so much, and hopefully, we'll see you soon. Definitely. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast, maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service that you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys can get $100 worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys for tuning in. This episode was a lot of fun to do. I'm glad we were able to do it. You know, we had a lot of technical issues. We had to reschedule like three times, but I'm glad that Levy and I finally got to 
get together and connect and she got to tell her story to you guys. And I hope some of you guys pick up her book. You know, she's an inspiring woman and she put a lot of heart and soul into it. So make sure you guys check it out and also let her know that you heard her here on MF Uncensored. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. We also want to thank our sponsor of this week's episode and that's Taja AI. So if you guys are YouTube creators or content creators and you're looking to optimize your program, check out Taja AI. It's been a Big help to our YouTube channel. We went up 200% in just our first week of using it. So if you guys go to taja.ai slash question mark via VIA equals misfit, you'll get our link. I'm going to put it in the description because nobody could possibly remember that, myself included. But check it out and make sure you guys, uh, if you want to. If you're a, a YouTube user, it's going to change the game for you. We want to thank you guys for listening. We want to thank you guys also at the time of release. It's the end of the year. Uh, it's been a great year for our shows. It's been a great year for content. We want to thank you guys for uh, sticking with us You know, through some of the, the slower times. you know, We couldn't do this show without you, so thank you to all you Misfits out there. And make sure you guys check out our new products on the Misfits store, uh, new articles, new reviews, all sorts of things. So go to themisfitfaction.com. You'll find plenty of brand new content, and we'll see you guys next time.